Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Everybody doing well? Y'all, the sun's shining. I think the 30-degree days are gone. I say that, and then one day next week, it's liable to be 30 at nighttime. Let's be honest. Anybody turn their air conditioner on in their house yet? A couple of you. We have not, because I refuse to pay for it. Yeah. Well, you have to pay at least every two months, so don't let it come cut the thing off. <laughs> am I right or am I right? Don't act like you don't know. We've all got them letters in the mail. It says, hey, termination notice. And you're like, I got something for you to terminate. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's talk for a few minutes. Uh, I want to talk with you this morning about our mind, about our mindset, about spiritual thoughts, spiritual thinking, uh, spiritual mindsets. Um, most of you know that know me fairly well. You know that I am a sports guy. I'm a sports man. I have learned that most of the time for men, you're either a sports person or you're a car person. One of the two. Every once in a while, you'll find a unique guy that they mesh together, they like sports, and they can work on your car. Um, however, most of the time, you're either one of the two. And let me just be up front and say I am not a car guy at all. I know nothing about a car. Nothing. I know how to steer it. I know how to push the gas and the brake. I can put gas in it. I can put air in the tire. Um, I can check the oil. So I can put oil in it. But that's it. If anything else happens underneath that hood, you better call somebody else. Don't call me. I'll come pick you up. But don't expect me to know what's wrong with your car. I know nothing. Um, I'm a sports guy. Now, I can tell you who won every NBA championship for the last 30 years. I can probably tell you who was the MVP of the NBA Finals for the last 30 years. We could talk Super Bowl history. We can talk Tar Heel history. I can tell you. I can tell you who won uh, every main event of WrestleMania for the past 37 years. Um, I can. That's just my thing. It's just what I know. Don't judge me on it. That's just the way I am. Cool. Cool. Here's what I love about athletes, especially pro athletes. Them jokers are good. I love watching people perform to the best, very best of their ability. I love uh, going to high school sports and watching students perform to the best of their ability. Um, I love listening to and reading stories about professional athletes um, and their mindset of what it takes to do what they do, to become the top level, the very, the very best of the best, and what it takes to get there. One psychologist I read a couple years ago did a really long um, uh, report and study on the mindset of athletes, and this psychologist discovered this. The top 20% of all athletes 
are pretty much within 5% of each other, right? So you take every athlete you know, the 20%, the top 20%, the 20% of the best, 5% of those, or no, all 20% of those are within 5% skill level of each other. So you take the very best athlete and then the one that's really good but not the very best, skill level, they're within 5% of each other. The psychologist said the thing that sets like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, LeBron, the thing that sets these people apart from other people, it's not how they dribble, it's not the way they shoot or the way they swing a golf club, it's their mind. It's what goes on up here. It's what's clicking up in here. And once you start reading and start studying and learning about these guys and the way they treat their body and the way they take care of their body and the way they practice, you will quickly see it's all up here. The Bible tells us that whatever is up here comes out in our life. Whatever is here comes out here. So for these top athletes, in their mind, they're more disciplined than the other 80%. They're more um, strategic than the other 80%. They just have a better mindset here so it comes out in our life. And the same is true for you and I today. No matter what area of life we're in, whatever is up here, Whatever starts here comes out in our life. If you have not found that to be true, I encourage you to pay attention. Take notice sometime in what you do, the way you talk, where you go, and think about where did that thought come from. The way you speak comes from up here. What you say started with a thought here, right? Where you go, you decided to wake up this morning and to come here. Why? Because you had a thought. Your thought life runs your whole life. What you think, how you think, uh, where you think, it determines your whole life. Where the mind leads, the life follows. In a couple of weeks after this baby is born, which by the way, y'all, next Monday, if the baby has not come between today and next Monday, they're going to go get the baby next Monday. So for sure, the baby's birthday will be April the 19th but it could be before I'll keep you updated. I'll, I'll, I'll call all of you. I'll call y'all. As soon as I find out the gender of the baby, I'm not going to tell Callie. I'll call you first. <laughs> cool? Cool. So, a couple weeks after the baby's born, we're going to do a whole series on our thought life and how to, how to take thoughts, negative and wrong thoughts, to get them out of our mind and replace them uh, with true and scriptural thoughts. Uh, but what we want to talk about this morning is kind of an overview of having a spiritual mind and thinking about spiritual things. Paul talks about, in the book of Philippians, he talks about a group of people that don't have spiritual thoughts, but they have earthly thoughts. And Paul says this in Philippians 3, verse 18. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Their mind is set on earthly things. It is believed that here in this section of scripture, Paul was talking about a group of people called the Judaizers. Judaizers. Paul was talking about them. The reason he was talking about them is because they were considered um, enemies of the cross of Christ. Why were they considered enemies of the cross? Simple. Because what they did was they added the law of Moses, they added the Ten Commandments 
to what Jesus Christ did on the cross and combine them two together. In other words, they added their physical performance. You had to have a good performance. You had to obey to be able to accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. My friends, today, there's nothing could be further from the truth. We talked about last week how Jesus died for all, how Jesus died for you, and God crossed his arms, and we got what Jesus should have got. got uh, Jesus got what we should have got because of Jesus' death. That takes care of all of our lives. Amen? That takes care of every need that you may have in your life today. I don't care if it's physical, spiritual, mental, financial, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ, life, death, and resurrection takes care of everything for you, including your salvation. These guys, they said, yeah, Jesus died. We agree. Jesus, son of God, he died. He died for me. I accept it. I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you. But I've got my part to do too. My part is I've got to do my Christian checklist. Remember we talked about the Christian checklist a couple weeks ago? I've got to check off these boxes. I've got to do everything that I can do so that I can have salvation. Please don't have that mindset today. There's nothing that you can do to add to what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. Y'all didn't hear me. Pew heard me. Thank you, Anthony. There is nothing that you can do There is no amount of money you can give. There is no amount of time you can volunteer. There is no amount of words that you can say to add to what Jesus Christ did for you with his life, death, and resurrection on Easter Sunday. Jesus paid the total bill. Jesus didn't go to Chili's and split the bill, and he paid half, and you pay your half. Jesus paid the whole bill. Jesus paid everything for you. There's nothing that you can do to add to your salvation other than what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. Matter of fact, the only thing that you add to the salvation process is the sin that required the death of Jesus on the cross to begin with. Right? So we had these Judaizers. They were enemies of the cross because they added the law of Moses. They added the Ten Commandments. You've got to follow these. You've got to believe, and then you can have salvation. Wrong. Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection paid it all for you and me. That, these Judaizers, had earthly thoughts. They had earthly thoughts. What they were doing were essentially using earthly rituals using earthly methods, using human methods, trying to receive heaven blessings. They were using earthly methods to receive heavenly blessings. Listen to me this morning. If you don't believe anything else I say, if I'm boring you to death, and I've only been talking for five minutes, just listen to me for this next 30 seconds, and then you're free to go if you would like. Okay? Deal? Deal. Salvation only comes through Jesus. Healing only comes through Jesus. Sanctification only comes through Jesus. 
You, your obedience to the, to, the word, to the Lord's word only comes through Jesus doing it through you. Um, blessings only come through Jesus. We get ourselves in a great deal of trouble. When we start to try to earn, earthly earn, um, heavenly blessings, there is nothing that we can do to earn blessings from heaven. They come from heaven because of what Jesus did for us, not because of anything that we try to do to earn them. Earthly thinking will tell you, I've got to do better. Earthly thinking will tell you, I've got to give more. Earthly thinking will tell you, I've got to try harder. Earthly thinking will tell you, I've got to do better. Spiritual thinking, heavenly thinking tells you, Jesus did it for me. All I've got to do is trust and obey in him. All I've got to do is let him live his life through me so that it's not my Christian checklist that I'm trying to check off every day, but I am checking off that checklist, but it's not me doing it. It's Jesus Christ doing it through me. My obedience is found in Jesus. I follow because of Jesus. I obey because of Jesus. I give because of Jesus. I help because of Jesus. I support because of Jesus. I encourage because of Jesus. Not because of me, but because of what has already been done for me. Amen? Amen? Earthly thinking tells you it's all about you. Spiritual minded people knows that it's not about you, but it's about what has been done for you by Jesus. So Paul says these Judaizers, these earthly thinkers, they are enemies of the cross. In Ephesians 1, Paul says this way, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Heavenly blessings don't come from earthly places. Heavenly blessings come from heavenly places, comes from Jesus Christ. The next chapter, Ephesians 2, says this, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Can I encourage you today, if you're looking for heavenly blessings, if you're searching for forgiveness, if you're searching for love, if you're searching for compassion, if you're searching for provision, it's not found with earthly thinking. It's found with heavenly thinking because it's already been provided to you and for you through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul says it this way, finally in Colossians chapter 3 says this, says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. Put to death those earthly thoughts. Put to death those earthly actions. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways of life 
you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and in the image of its creator. Simply put, your old life was earthly thinking. Now, if you are in Christ, you have a spiritual mind. You have spiritual thoughts. You have spiritual thinking. The old is gone. We are now being renewed, the word says, through the knowledge. Where do we get knowledge? Where's knowledge at in our, in our bodies? When we read a book and learn something, where is it at? Somebody talk to me. In your brain, in your mind, we, renew, we are re being renewed up here so that the earthly thoughts, the earthly times, the earthly life is gone, and we now have spiritual thoughts. We have a spiritual mind. We see uh, heaven. We see heaven in everything that we do because of our spiritual mind. Now, here's a problem. Here's a problem. Lots of times when we think of spiritual people, it does not have a positive thought with it. Or let me just, I don't want to speak for you, I'll speak for me. Lots of times when I think of spiritual people, it doesn't have a positive thought with it. Here's why. Spiritual people tend to always be happy. Right? Life isn't always happy. Right? I'll give some of you a call in about three weeks at three o'clock in the morning and tell you I haven't slept in a week and a half. And we'll see how happy my spiritual thoughts are. My spiritual thoughts may be saying some cuss words. I hope not. I pray not. Uh, for some reason, spirituality has the stigma to it of being um, kind of spacey, kind of out there, disconnected from reality. Like, you realize, like, life isn't all rainbows and lollipops, right? Like, why are you so happy all the time? And then you got these spiritual people um, that um, they tend to talk different when they're being spiritual. You ever see these people? You go out to eat with somebody, and you talk to them, and they're talking like you and I. We're having a good time. We talk about the Tar Heels, whatever. Then you ask them to pray in church, and they get their spiritual on, and it goes like this. <clears throat> Oh, God, our most heavenly and gracious Father. Lord, you are above all, in all, and through all. And God, oh, Father, we need you now more than ever. You know those people? Y'all know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, their voice gets deeper. Some of them tend to add, like, the word or the syllable, ah. Thank you. At the end of everything, thank you, TJ. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's because of that spirituality and being a spirit-filled person has gotten the connotation of being negative. The truth be told, being spirit-minded, having spiritual thoughts, simply means you see earth from a heavenly perspective. You see earth. You see your life. You see what you're going through. You see what we're facing. You see it from a heavenly perspective perspective that's all being spiritual minded for if anything being spiritually minded shouldn't turn people off 
shouldn't push people away. It should attract people to us. Why should it attract people to us? Because we know that hard times, struggles, valleys, we all go through them. We all face them. We should go through them differently with our spiritual mind than what earthly-minded people do. So the fact that we can go through a valley with hope, the fact that we can go through a valley with a good attitude, the fact that we can go through a valley with love and forgiveness, the fact that we can go through a valley with grace and mercy, it shouldn't push people away from Jesus. If anything, it should pull people closer to Jesus. It should attract. It should be contagious. Our spiritual thoughts is not about what we do. It's about how we see what we're going through. And when people see us going through the worst time in our life and they see us going through it with hope and love and trust and reassurance, that should be attractive. It's contagious. They will see it and they'll think, man, how do you go through that valley with such a good attitude? How do you go through that bad report from the doctor and you still are a loving person? How do you go through the death of a loved one, and you have hope that you'll see this person again? Like, what is that? What are you talking Like, I want some of that. Your spiritual mind shouldn't push people away. It should bring people close. It should draw people close to you and to the Lord. There are two things we want to talk about this morning for the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, two characteristics of living with a spiritual uh, mind uh, we want to talk about. Number one is a spiritual-minded person speaks heaven's language. A spiritual-minded person speaks heaven's language. You know as well as I do, your words have power. The Bible says your words, your tongue can either tear somebody down or can build somebody up. Right? Yeah, if I had to guess, you've been in a place before in your life where somebody spoke to you, and it either tore you down or it helped build you up. I hope you know today that you have a great opportunity every single day of your life, of your life to enhance your witness for the Lord simply by what you say to the people around you. You have an opportunity today to make Jesus look really good simply by what you say, what words come out of your mouth. You have an opportunity today to share the good news and the gospel of Jesus with people simply by the words that come out of your mouth. Can I ask you a couple questions? Thanks. I like a little interaction. I like a little, when I ask a question, I want an answer. Now, I don't want all of you talking at once, but I like a little answer. Think about the conversations you had this past week. Last Sunday, Easter Sunday, to today, April the 11th. Think about all those conversations. Family members, husband, wife, co-workers, neighbors, crazy aunt that lives on the other side of the country that you FaceTime with, whatever. Think about all those conversations. How many times in those conversations did Jesus come out of your mouth? Think about all the conversations in the past week. How many times in those conversations did the words, Jesus has blessed me this week, come out of your mouth? 
Think about this past week of conversations. How many times did you share your thankfulness for all that the Lord has done for you through words and talking to someone else this week? Think about all those conversations. How many times did you talk about the weather with the people you talked to? How many times did you talk about the president with the people you talked to? How many times did you talk about the governor to the people you talked to? How many times did you talk about sports to the people you talked to? How many times did you talk about your kids? How many times did you talk about the baseball team? How many times did you talk about the Tar Heels new coach in this past week? All I'm saying is this. You have an opportunity every day to be a witness for the Lord simply by what you say to people. A spiritual-minded person speaks of spiritual things. We don't speak of earthly things. Truth be told, earthly things don't matter. What matters is spiritual things. Things in the heavenly realms, Paul says, is, what's, is what matters. Not only is it important what you say, but it's also important how you speak your heavenly language. There is nothing that will make Jesus look worse today than you being rude to people around you. If I ever see someone I know claim to follow the Lord, be a butthole at a restaurant, I will come talk to you. And I will bring my elbow and I will jump off something and give you a Dusty Rhodes elbow drop. I know John Cena. There is nothing, nothing that will make Jesus, will turn people off to Jesus more than the way we talk to people. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians. Uh, where am I at here? Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians if I, it's 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So Paul says, you can speak earthly words or you can speak heavenly words. Unless you do it with love, the person don't hear it. You ever try to share the gospel with someone and they... They're not clicking. It's not in them. Their mind's not there. Could it be there have been a time in your past where you said unloving words to this person and they have shut off Jesus because of the way we speak to them? Paul says, if you share the gospel without love, you're nothing but a clanging symbol. I happen to have a symbol here this morning. Coincidence, I know. This is what Paul says. If you want to go tell someone how much Jesus loves them, if you want to go tell someone how much Jesus wants to bless them, if you don't do it with love, it sounds like this. Jesus loves you so much. Jesus died for you. Jesus Christ loves you more than there's nothing today that Jesus won't do for you. There's nothing today that Jesus won't give you. Jesus Christ loves you so much.
Did you guys get that? Did you hear what I said? Paul says, whether you speak earthly words or heavenly words, without love, it sounds like that. Can I encourage you and challenge you today to be a spiritual-minded person? Think about the words that we're saying. Share your words with humbleness, with love, with patience, with grace, with mercy. Share your words the same way that Jesus would talk to you. Would Jesus ever get in your face and yell at you because of what you did? Would Jesus ever make you feel bad because of the way you live your life? Look at the story of the prodigal son. He had a son who basically told dad, I can't wait for you to die. Matter of fact, I want you to die right now because I want my inheritance. Dad gave him his money. He took off, lost his money. He come back home. Dad had every right in the Jewish culture to cut that son out of his family. Dad had two sons because of what the younger son did. He had every right to cut him off, and now he only had one son. What did dad do? Dad ran to him. Dad hugged him. Dad welcomed him back in the family. Dad threw a big party. Why? Because he loved the son. Please know today that you have an opportunity to be a witness for the Lord simply by the way you speak to people and by what you speak to people. Now, one of the problems that come in with this is that it's awful hard to speak loving words to people if we're not speaking loving words to ourselves. Jesus said in the great commandment, love your neighbor as what? As yourself. So Jesus directly connects the way that I love myself to how I love you. I can't love you, according to Jesus, if I don't love me. I can't speak loving, spiritual, heavenly words to you if I'm not speaking heavenly words to me. I wish I could tell you how many people over the years, how many students over the years I have seen that has terrible, terrible self-image and self-view of themselves simply because of the way they speak to themselves. I cannot tell you how many students I've talked to over the years that have said words like, I'm just not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not athletic enough. I'll never be there. I'll never make that grade. I'll never pass that test. I'll never get this job. I never, 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 never. Maybe you've been there yourself when you told yourself, I've sinned too much for Jesus to forgive. I've been gone too long. Jesus would never forgive. There's no way he would forgive after what I have done. Can I give you some encouragement, some advice this morning? There's a lot of people in your life that try to tear you down with their words. Don't help them out. You don't need to tear your own self down with your words. Other people will do that for you. 
Other people in your life will try their best to tear you down with the way they speak to you. Don't help them out. What we need to do is take those negative thoughts and replace them, which is what we're going to talk about in May, and replace them with spiritual thoughts. One of the best things I believe about being a parent, there's a lot of good things about being a parent. One of the best things is that I can tell TJ to do something. Most of the time I have a reason and a purpose for it, but I don't need a reason and a purpose for it. Right, mom and dad? I can tell TJ to do something if for no other reason, because I said so. Right, mom and dad? I don't need a reason. Son, go pick up that plate. Why, dad? It's your plate. Because I said so. Go clean your room up. Why? Because I said so. Give me $100. Why? Because I said so. I'm aware. I'm aware. One of the best things about being a parent, you get to say, because I said so. It's great. It's amazing. I love it. I take advantage of it at least twice a day. I love it. And three times on Sundays. Um, I think we could take that principle, and if we could apply that in our spiritual lives, in our Christian lives, it would do us a lot of good. Here's what I mean. You may think you'll never be smart enough to get that job. Why don't we take that negative thought out and replace that negative thought with a scriptural thought, and it's not because we said so, it's because God said so. How about we start thinking, I am a blessed person because God said so. I am a victorious person because God said so. I am a forgiven person because God said so. I am a holy person because God said so. I am made new because God said so. I am given a second chance. I am given a 100 chance. I am giving a 10,026 chance because God said so. I today am standing in front of you as a new person, as another person. The old is gone and the new has come. No matter what other people say about my old life, I know that old life is gone. Why? Because God said so. Not because I said so, because I had no say in it, because God said so. I believe today, if we can get our earthly mind taken out of our head and replace it with a spiritual mind, it would change everything about our life. Then, no longer will the words from other people have any impact on us because our mind is on spiritual things. And we know that God says, I am more than enough. God says, I am a redeemer. God says, I am redeemed, I mean. God says, I am victorious. God says, I am blessed. God says, I am made new. God says, I am healed. God says, I am forgiven. Not because of anything that you say, not because of anything that I say, but because God Almighty, the Creator, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, says that I am. Spiritual thoughts, spiritual thoughts will lead to heavenly language spoken to other people and spoken to ourselves. Spiritual-minded people speak heaven language. Number two, second characteristic about spiritual-minded people 
is that we live, spiritual-minded people live, with heaven on our mind. We live with heaven on our mind. What do you mean by heaven on your mind? Here's what I mean by heaven on our mind. Basically, we live in the future. We live in the future. You know today, um, as a believer in Christ, if you're here this morning and you're a believer in Christ, say amen. Not only are you a citizen of the United States of America, but you're also, according to Scripture, a citizen of heaven. You have dual citizenship. You not only live here, but we live there too. We live with heaven on our mind. We live in the future. We live with thinking about heaven up front. What will living with heaven on our mind do for us? A couple things. Number one, it provides perspective in times of trouble and suffering. Heaven, living with the future, provides perspective in times of trouble and suffering. When you go through a valley, gosh, it sure would be nice to know why we're going through this. Everybody all right? What? A lizard. Somebody better get that thing. Did you get it? Did you get it? I don't feel like Joel Osteen has to deal with this kind of stuff. All right. All right, everybody just pick your feet up and let it go. We'll be fine. We'll catch it. Hey, uh, Keisha, our staff meeting this week? Catching a lizard. <laughs> catching a lizard. Thursday morning, we're catching lizards. All right, here we go. Living with heaven on our mind will provide perspective during times of trouble and suffering. Right, everybody goes through a valley. Everybody goes through our troubles. Everybody goes through tough times with thinking about heaven the spiritual minded with heavenly thoughts will allow us to go through those things different than they were than we would go through them if we were not thinking about heaven here's what i mean are the times bad yeah is heaven so much better yes there's a valley long yeah did it take us a couple years to get through it yeah but man heaven is eternity and it's so much better. Was the valley deep? Was I in bad shape for a long time? Yeah. It was tough. It was hard. I lost a lot. I was broken. I was beaten. But man, look what we gain with streets of gold. Look what we gain in heaven, being in the presence of Jesus Christ all the time. It gives you perspective to know that where you're at right now is not the finish line. Where you're at right now, the pain, the struggle, the valley that you're in is not the end of the story. It may be a chapter in your story, but it's not the 
end of the story. It may be the worst chapter in your story. It may be the, the kind of bad chapter and you think, well, maybe the next chapter is going to be even worse. And that may be true. You may have two bad chapters back to back in your story. But it's not the end of the story. When we live with the end of the story in mind, we know that we can get through anything that we're facing today because we have the end of the story to look forward to. Amen? Living with heaven on our mind will provide perspective in times of trouble and suffering. Number two, uh, living with heaven provides perseverance in times of temptation. Provides perseverance in times of temptation because we know what's in the future is much better than what we're being tempted with today. We know that what God has planned for us that is so good that we can't even fathom, we can't even think of, is so much better than what the enemy is tempting us with today. And number three, living with heaven on our mind provides clear priorities for your life. Living with heaven on your mind, living for the future, provides clear priorities for today. Can I give you a heads up about priorities? earthly and spiritual priorities earthly stuff does not matter what kind of car you drive who cares what kind of house you live in who cares how many sets of clothes you got in your closet who cares can I tell you what matters this morning it's you, it's me, it's the people beside of you, it's your friends and your family being in heaven together. There's nothing that this world can offer us that can compare to what the Lord has planned for us in the future. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens here. What matters is that me and Ed are in heaven together it doesn't matter what we go through here it doesn't matter how deep the valley how long the valley what matters is that me and tj and mom and abby and new baby are in heaven together with the lord for eternity living with heaven on our mind will get your priorities right is all this other stuff these earthly thoughts is it, they're good they're fine Everybody loves a good steak from the best restaurant. Great. But is that the most important thing? No. What's the most important thing is what God has planned for us in the future. The Apostle John writes this. Come on up, band. The Apostle John writes this in 1 John chapter 2. And we will close with this. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 says this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. Verse 17, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. Can I encourage you? and challenge you today to live your life with a spiritual mind and do away with the earthly mind. 
to see the place where we live, to see the earth, to see what we're going through, to see our friends, our family, our neighbors, to live, the, to live our lives from heaven's perspective, not from an earthly perspective. May we walk out of these back doors in five minutes with a completely new mindset about our life. Where it's no longer the world that's influencing the way we think, but it's the Lord renewing our mind, renewing our mind through the knowledge of Him. Spiritual mind versus an earthly mind. Spiritual looks ahead, an earthly mind looks to the past. Spiritual mind speaks words of love to other people and to myself. An earthly mind looks to tear down other people and looks to tear down myself. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, that old life to put it off and to put on your new life by the renewing of your mind through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that is found in your word. God, we thank you for being a God that renews us. We thank you for being a God that transforms us. We thank you for being a God that changes us. And God, I pray today. God, I pray today. those of us in here today that need our minds changed, that needs a spiritual mind, that needs a heavenly viewpoint of earth, Lord, I pray today that you would move in our life. Lord, I pray today that you would start the renewing process in our mind. God, I believe that wherever the mind leads, the life follows. The, everything that we do begins with a thought. God, I pray today that we will put you first in our thought life. God, help us to think what we're thinking about. Help us to think of you first. Lord, give us a spiritual mind today. Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.